Listen, at the end of the day, the decisions you make about your money are yours. They're not for anyone else to dictate to you, including an advisor. But just let them be informed decisions. Like if you're going to elect to take that vacation, you know it comes at the cost of putting some money away. That doesn't mean it's a bad decision. You just want to be mindful of the decision you're making. Welcome to the Community Conversation. Uh, it's both brought to you by and really hosted by Community America. And while some people know who Community America is, maybe you don't. But what we know is that we have a compelling, interesting, and impactful story to tell. And our goal with these conversations will never be to sell Community America's products and services, but rather have important conversations with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Today, I'm joined by Heath Birch, Wealth Management Director at Community America, whom we're gonna get to know shortly. I'm Matt Johnson, also of Community America, and today, we are your hosts. You'll most definitely be hearing from the two of us regularly, but not solely as we continue to develop and engage in meaningful conversations about topics of interest to you. Community America was built on the principle of people helping people, and we've been doing this for over 80 years. We began as TWA Credit Union in 1940, and over time blossomed into what we are today, a Kansas City-based credit union with more than 250,000 members serving the greater Kansas City area, with members spread across the United States. We're guided by our mission of delivering financial peace of mind to people no matter what life stage they're in. And we don't just say we put the customer first like so many others do. We don't have customers. We have members that belong to something better. And we put them at the heart of everything we do. With that, let's get the conversation going. All right, we are live with episode two of the Community Conversation brought to you by Community America. I'm Heath Birch, the Director of Wealth Management at Community America, and again with Matt Johnson, VP Marketing. What's going on, man? What's up, Heath? Good to see you, man. Back again. Yes, we are. Been a crazy few weeks. It's been a crazy year, right? Yeah, 2020. 2020 continues. Yeah. And that's, uh, let's talk about it. A month and a half left. Been a big year, probably going to be a stressful year in a lot of ways for, for families going forward. It kind of, it's it's led to a lot of thought on my end. I just feel like it's it's been a stressful year for people. Yeah, it has for ours, our family as well. It's funny, we were just taking down the Halloween uh, decorations and uh, we're not even putting up Thanksgiving decorations, right? We're just going to go ahead and point at Christmas because we aren't having people over. Yep. So life's different. Um, that stresses us out. It stresses the kids out. It stresses my parents out. Right, we haven't had a chance to to hang out with them and congregate with family like we have in the past. Um, so the way that we're managing our lives is definitely different right now. You know, well, you try to do your best to roll with it. Yep. Right, keep it in perspective. But you know, the hits keep coming, and, and the, the year's not been all bad. Right, I think there's been at least in our house we've recognized that for all the things we had to adapt to, there were some real positives as a family we experienced. Right, but it's um, you know, I think over the course of the year you you get into November. And it starts to wear on some people. So I, you know, talking to, to clients and members every day and absorbing some of the stress maybe they feel just kind of got me thinking through how do you navigate this, right? It's I, What I deal with on my side is the money, which is emotional enough. And, and you get into a year like this where there are all these stresses you don't necessarily feel like you have control over. And you have families who are looking for some guidance. So it's it's been something I've been thinking about a lot, something I thought maybe we could try to unpack some today and see if we can help our members kind of figure out how to navigate that themselves and, and you know, where, if anywhere, maybe they should take some action. Absolutely. I think there's no playbook for this, 
right? And, and we continue to learn that, and we're, we're trying to roll with the, where the waves are taking us. But, uh, you know, in the absence of a playbook, you know, what I think people are thirsty for is, is true leadership, right? And I think we're fortunate to work at a place in Community America where we are constantly putting people at the heart of everything that we do sure, and uh, trying to help them manage whatever stress they might be going through. Without a year of COVID, there's stress in the world, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're, you know, going to college or graduating college, trying to find your first job or looking ahead to retirement, or you've got health issues or putting a parent into, you know, uh, a retirement home of some kind. Um, there's, there's stress anyway, layer on 2020 and, and COVID and then the fatigue that we're all hitting at this point, people are searching for answers. Um, and then with the, the economy, the way it is and, and employment and people looking for help, no matter how, where they can find it. Um, I think we're well poised to, to talk about that today and, and try to help kind of navigate those waters, right? Yeah, no doubt. We don't have all the answers and there's no. not a, a plan that you can put in front of everybody. It, you know, to me, change is, is perpetual. You're always going through it. Whether or not that change is stressful or not kind of depends on on the factors involved. But, you know, you think back to this year and you, you point to COVID, that's the outlier. You know, I don't think any of us can can draw from experience necessarily with something like that. But probably a more, fair to say, a more contentious year than most as it relates to a presidential election and, you know, keep this nonpartisan, but it, 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 it was a stressful time for a lot of people and there was some division. And I think that brought stress on for some people and, and, you know, away from the election, just back to go. But I, I think there are some, you know, some of the things that came as a result of that shock, you know, to kind of our, our collective system. There's just a lot of stress between navigating school. If you've got a young family trying to figure out how to work through that, there's a lot of change within jobs, people who lost their jobs, people who were unsure of their jobs, which is, is stress enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then just the, the byproducts of those changes. We, we went through what basically was the, the fastest bear market in history. Call it mid-February to, to mid-March, right? Um, stress. Mm-hmm. And the confusion of where we go from there over the next six months, it came roaring back. You know, the fastest bull market in history. It's a lot for people to navigate. So is it kind of put away the, the stuff outside of the house you can't control and bring it back home for our members? I think part of what, what our job becomes in times like this is to help them find center with their family and figure out, you know, help them understand how they should feel about this. What are the things they can control? Where are some places they should make some changes? What are things they can't control? And you have to just help them kind of find perspective so as to not be so stressed out about it. So Let's like, can we double click on that? Right. You, you use the word control a couple times. And um, I think it, even the even the most rational person, right, has um, the urge to do something right, whether that's want to celebrate a graduation. Right. And th- this is a year you don't get to do that. So you have control. You have choices that you get to make in your life. So yeah. when we start talking about money, we start talking about the world that we're in right now, managing stress, mental health overall. Right. But the things that apply pressure in your life are things like finances, health, mm-hmm. and wellness. So in, in the world of finances and things that you can control, where's your, where's your mind go on that? You know, what, what, what's at a real hot, high level, and then maybe we'll dive yep. way in deep on it. But from a financial perspective, you know, how do you control things? Well, it's a really important word. You have to understand the things that are, are both within your control and outside of your control. You know, so you can, sometimes it's a conscious decision a family makes, whether it's, a bigger change, a move, a career change, 
growing your family, whatever it is. Those are things you you sometimes will have some control over. There are things that you just don't have control over, right? It, it it's something that happens outside your family. It's it's you know changes in the environment around you, um, stage of life, and and a need. You know pricing changes, um, market falls, and you're dependent on your your investments to get through retirement. Like there are just certain things that you can't control, and certain things you can't control. And I'm not telling people how they should feel about their money. Like you're going to be stressed about all of it, but finding some perspective and, and one, not telling you just to say it is what it is, but there are certain things you just have to accept are a part of your current situation. And then there are other things you can, you can kind of in advance, you start to feel that tension. You feel like there are certain, you know, things are stressing you out a little bit. You know, you can alter your decision-making some to buffer yourself a little bit. So it's a ridiculously simple example, but like, you're a little bit worried about your job. Don't add to the stress by going and buying a new car, yeah. right? Feels good that day, but um, listen, speaking from experience in my 20s, you buy a car and you think about it for the next two months, you probably shouldn't have bought the car, right? right? So it's not trying to be critical of people, but I, I do think like we, we have to take account of where we are and try to best we can to leave ourselves a little bit of space so as to not get worried about things that, you know, you can't impose your will on. That's right. So when you talk to families or, you know, individuals for that matter, and they come in and, and you know, they're, they're looking, where do I start, right? This is what we talked about last time. Where do, I, where do I start? And in a time like this, right, coming from a place of stress, what are some of the things that you hear people talk about when it, when it comes to uh, that, that stress? And, I, uh, well, let me answer for first, like, kind of where I'm coming from. It's, <laughs> I'm probably the worst offender, my wife and I, um, when it comes to gallivanting around with our, with our discretionary income. There's air quotes for those of you that obviously can't see this. So, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to make – we, we live the life that we're kind of in right now, mm-hmm. right? And we've got three kids. We, um, you know, we, we need new carpet. That's one of the things that we keep putting off, right? And, and, and because we've got a dog and young kids. It's an easy decision for us to make to not go ahead and do that, even though it would be really nice to yep. put my bare feet on that carpet like Bruce Willis and Diamond. We're living it, buddy. Ways. I get it. <laughs> um, but you know what? We, we, do, we do tend to take a trip here and there, and maybe that wasn't the best decision at the time. And you know, our cash flow, we, we maybe don't have as much in, in savings as we probably should. And I recognize that. And that's real to me, but it's become a little bit habitual. Yeah. And I imagine you run into that um, when you talk to clients and people are probably afraid to even, or embarrassed in some instances to even talk about it. Right. But let alone in a, in a world of, of, of so much pressure and stress mm-hmm. right now and fatigue um, and alone time to, to have re- that, that introspective, like, like moments. So, I mean, yeah. What are some of those conversations that you've had with, with members and, um, investors and families and whomever um, when, it, when it comes to how you live your life that way, you know? Yeah, there there is no critique uh, embedded in, in what I'm about to say at all. I, I think it's it's normal for people to have a hard time talking about this with others. I think it's sometimes really hard for families to talk about it at home. Like I, I've found plenty of families where, you know, spouses don't talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we... we we uncover things together in meetings all the time because they've just never, they've never had an honest conversation with each other about how, not only how we're, how they're making decisions, but just how they feel about money. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we, we all deal with this, you know, you, you kind of look for that shot of adrenaline. So it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me and we've all been there that sometimes in times of financial stress, you go out and spend, mm-hmm. right? You go, Go, retail therapy. Yeah. Right? That's what we call it. A shot of adrenaline. And, and um, again, like I said, there's there's no critique there. I think that's really normal. But 
you're onto something there. I think one of the things you can do is if your family's not in a position to have that honest conversation together and work through some of this, the best thing you can do is talk to somebody. You know, you, you and I have talked in the past that I, I, I think, you know, the wealth management process, the financial planning process is, is really kind of at its core. It's not about the money. Like there are other things at play. And I think this is a good example of that where sometimes it just helps to sit and talk to somebody else and get that outside opinion and, and utilize somebody as a sounding board. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of a tears shed in my office. Like I'm, I'm sure there have been in many advisors office that sometimes it's just kind of good to get that off your chest and, and start to talk through it with somebody. And it doesn't mean there's fast fixes to big problems or that you've got to go out and make an immediate change. But like, I just think it starts this healthy process of, of working through it as a family. Yeah. You know, I've got a, probably more than one friend, but I, I, I know of one who um, used to, when we were in our 20s, you know, we'd go out to the, to the bars or whatever. And unbeknownst to all of us, you know, this person would go out but couldn't afford it mm-hmm. and never felt comfortable telling people, hey, look, I, you know, it's not the best idea for me to go out tonight. They either had FOMO, you know, they, yeah. they, they didn't want to miss out, or they, you know, they just were embarrassed to talk about it, right? And how liberating, though, is it? Like, I ended up having a conversation with this person. You know, this is a long time. And, and I was probably in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have been doing that with my life. You know, I, I should have been packing away an extra 25 bucks a month or something yep. just into a savings account. Or, um, you know, instead of, you know, put, adding bacon to the sandwich, maybe I should have just eaten it as it came. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're those above and beyond things that we tend to do. It, I don't know if it's habitual or... But, but it, it can become that, right? I mean, if you're if you're mm-hmm. doing it in your younger years, and then all of a sudden you start developing a family, are you still going over and above and beyond and just living underwater yep. constantly? And, and I don't know, is that normal? Is that something you see a lot of? Yeah, I, I kind of get the sense, you know, there's that small subset of people who just know they're in really good shape, Yeah. right? They just, you just intuitively know. For the vast majority of people, I think the assumption is you're worse off than all your peers. I mean, I, I've found that with people who I, from the outside looking in, think, my God, how, how successful are they? They've done this, they've done this, they've saved this. Financially, they're in a good spot. And then somehow in their mind, they feel like I'm, I'm behind, I'm doing something wrong. There's this like self-critique that occurs that people just think they're in a bad spot and sometimes they accept that and that kind of becomes their story. So I, I you know, that's why I think talking through with somebody, whether it's a friend like you that has that conversation with them or they go to, they go to an advisor for, for some professional guidance, I think it's healthy conversations. I, I think some of the most... It's interesting. I hadn't really thought about this until you were talking about that. I feel like some of the most impactful financial conversations I've had in the last few years have not been clients. It's been peers, friends, family who have, you know, sometimes it's after a beer. They've they've got this this question they've been wanting to ask somebody and they kind of, you know, it's finally time. They ask the question. You start to go through the conversation of helping them understand that they're doing so much right. Oftentimes what you need to do is not make wholesale huge changes. It's you need to tweak what yeah. you're doing or, or just <clears throat> listen, at the end of the day, the decisions you make about your money are yours. They're not for anyone else to dictate to you, including an advisor, but just let them be informed decisions. Like if, if, if you're going to elect to take that vacation and you know, it comes at the cost of putting some money away, that doesn't mean it's a bad decision. You just want to be mindful of the decision you're making. And then I, I think by doing that, like you can, you can have some conviction in the decisions you've made. You don't look back with maybe the regret you would otherwise. I think it's just, it's just kind of being honest with yourself. Like, and it's okay to make mistakes and sometimes do dumb stuff. I've, 
I've had clients who have come into really large windfalls, and one of the first things I'll tell them is stick it all in the bank, make no long-term decisions, but go waste some money. Like, it didn't have to be a lot, but yeah. go scratch the edge. Go do something small. Yeah. Give yourself some space for us to think about, you know, what the long-term right decisions are. And that's funny you say that. We, uh, <laughs> My dad buys a lottery ticket twice a week, right? I think I think it's twice a week. I don't know how often the Powerball is, but he, he, he's done it for, I don't even know how long, many, many years, yeah. over 20 years. And uh, the, the most fun moment in buying that ticket is the night before the drawing mm -hmm. or the day before because you haven't won yet and you think about all the things that you would do with if, yep. if you came into that and nobody ever wins that yeah. stuff you know that's not reality but it is an enjoyable experience to think god what if i could just get that weight off my shoulders and come into something right and then what what's the first thing that we would do and my wife brooke and i always talk about this it's like the first thing we would do is we put all of our friends and family on a private plane yep. to hawaii and have a big bash and party and just hang out for a week and just get it off of our chest, right? Yep. And then, you know what? Then it becomes, okay, get completely debt-free. You know, th And this isn't rocket science, right? But if you think about it in terms of, yeah, that's not going to happen. You're likely not going mm -hmm. to have that windfall. So then maybe you, maybe it's it's worth taking that in reverse, right, and saying, okay, how do I build into that then yeah. instead? You know, how do I live that life? But where, but where do I start? How do I get started? And uh, I think you're so right. It's, it's so liberating to have a conversation about money because – it's a difficult topic to talk about, yep. you know? Nobody wants to talk about something they're not doing right, especially when you know you're not doing it right, you right. know? It's just admitting it. You, you spark something there where, you know, usually you want to give somebody something actionable to take away from those conversations. So it's good to get it off your chest. It's good to talk about it. But, you know, in the end, you, it, client wants to walk out of that meeting feeling like they have something to act on. And so it doesn't always have to be that that huge windfall. If I just do this or I go grab that big bonus or the new job or whatever, sometimes that sense of relief can come from just having a plan, even if it just has the smallest actions attached to it. it you mentioned earlier, it's just, you know, saving the extra 25 a month. Like we all are where we are and, you know, the amount somebody can save varies from person to person, life stage to life stage. I think what's more important than, than the amount is just the action and just starting something. So you feel like you're making some progress. It's like somebody wants to, you don't know where to start saving and it's 20 bucks a month. Well, that's cool. It's a start. Right. Yeah. And, and that will feed other opportunities down the road. So yeah, I, I get that. I think sometimes I've experienced this, you know, the example I would give is, is somebody who's carrying a lot of debt and they can feel it like there's a weight to that. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, they come into the office and they're looking for that fix. It's like, here's what I'm dealing with. What's the solution? Well, the solution oftentimes is not a, a fast one or an easy one even. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, my experience tells me that when somebody can, can at least see the path towards solving that problem, even if the path includes, you know, a really diligent kind of dedicated process that starts small and builds like you at least walk out saying, you know what? Well, there is a path forward. Now it's up to every individual person to decide if they're willing to, to make the sacrifices to get there. But if you, if you walk in and there's $50,000 of debt, you know, I don't have a magic button to say, Oh, well it comes from here and then it's gone. It's here's what we need to do and here's what it's going to take. But oftentimes you can develop a strategy that they can, they can absorb. So, yeah, so you do this professionally, right? Kind you're, of. But you're, a, <laughs> but you're a human, right? And and I can try to share some stuff I might do, but I, I'd rather know from you personally, you probably deal with this, right? You've got kids, you've got a, a spouse, you've got a mortgage, you've got 
a car payment, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you're free and clear on that. Good for you if you are. Most people aren't, right? But right. on a personal level, how do you manage the stresses of, of money, right? And this spectrum is mm-hmm. huge, right? If, you know, you're making less than, you know, the, the minimum wage in, in America and you've, you've, your stresses are maybe a little different. You're trying to choose, do I pay electric bill this month yeah. or the phone bill, right? Yep. To, but, but stress is relative, right? Yep. You, you get used to your, your comfort of living. You could be the most affluent, quote unquote, person yep. in America. You could be whatever on the other spectrum. You could be right there in the middle. We all have stress. Yep. So if you're willing to share, sure. I don't know. I'd be curious personally, Heath, what do you, what do you do? How do you, how do you manage this stuff? Yeah. I don't know that anybody's immune to stress completely. You know, because t- to me, there's kind of this realistic understanding that like situations can change. So, you know, I don't I don't know what percentage of the world could say that there is nothing that can happen to me that's going to impact me financially, but it's it's a small percentage, right? So for the rest of us, there are stresses that are real. I, I think for me, it's the benefit of, man, I'm, I'm lucky because I get to have these conversations with people every day and I, I learn from those no different than, than I hope sometimes they take something away that's useful. So... For me, it's really about keeping perspective and it's just being really diligent in the decisions I make. And so it's like, when we've all gone through this cycle. So like I, I think about my very first job out of college and the saver I was then versus the saver that I am now. For me, there was this constant, or not constant, this, you know, this kind of this, this switch that occurred over time where the stress I felt not feeling like I was completely secure financially was much bigger than the little bit of stress I would feel putting myself in a better financial spot, like foregoing things I might've done otherwise. Right. So for me, it's just, it's kind of maintaining perspective and realizing that it, it, this cannot be a competition with your neighbors or your friends or the people you see in the business journal who seem to be doing so well. Like it's, it's, it's a very personal thing. It's like, I want to feel comfortable in what my family needs and feeling like I'm providing that. And so, you know, I don't know when I got there, it was gradual, but I will just say that I reached a point where, for me, I found that happy equilibrium between quality of life today and preparing me and my family for the future, which is probably a whole nother conversation we can have, right? But yeah. it's it's finding that balance and making what ultimately I think are pretty small sacrifices every day to provide this kind of financial relief that I just, I'll tell you, like, for the clients who are there or, or you know, even for myself personally, they, it puts you in a very different spot. And I, the little trick for me is I, I tried to start making the decisions today that impacted, like, that yielded the best outcome for my family five years from now. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of challenged myself to look at a little bit further. And, you know, that doesn't mean you don't splurge on things today. It's not that we don't do fun things. Like, I, I'm not telling you to, to, put every penny away and not enjoy it. But I think you can find that balance. And for me, that was the key. It's like, there's room for both if, if you're smart about it. And it's, you know, the, the right answer for me is different than the right answer for you or anybody else. But maybe it goes back to that early conversation, right? Whether it's with yourself or with mm-hmm. your spouse or significant other conversation about around what's most important. Yeah. And then just being willing to make little changes to, to get to it. You know, for Brick and me, that was uh what was most important is honesty. And so when I graduated from uh, University of Kansas, Rock Chalk, um, back in 2000, so I had, <clears throat> my dad was, he was pretty cool. He said to my brother and I, go to any school you want, we'll find a way, right? He was an uh, English professor at the University of Central Missouri. And um, 
my brother went to Florida State. He's a few years older than me. I chose KU, a little closer to home. Right. But it was out-of-state tuition for me because I'm from Central Missouri. Well, we find a way. We find a – we'll find a way meant um, I'm paying half, mm-hmm. right? So I had subsidized loans. <laughs> right. So I graduate from school. I had a Discover card for some reason I got. It was probably the most expensive T-shirt I ever bought in my life. Yep. And somehow I had $2,000 of uh, a balance on there, which, well, that's – to some people, that's a lot. For me, that that time, that was a lot. For sure. And then all of a sudden, my student loans kicked in. <clears throat> I had a car payment. I had a new apartment I was renting and a job that didn't pay me diddly squat. And I was embarrassed to tell Brooke about it, you know. And, and she's, it's like, and we're, and this is the time when we're going out, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe I was that guy, right? I actually, I had I had a lot more in common with that person than right. than anybody else might have thought. And um, what Brooke and I came to terms with those, we just needed to be honest with each other. You know, we felt and we couldn't immediately pay all that off. I'm still carrying some student loan debt because I went and got my master's degree, uh-huh. you know, and I think that's an investment worth making, but you do have to weigh the consequences of, of your actions and your choices. And, um, you know, if you've got somebody else involved in your life, you've, it, and then we didn't have kids at the time. Even. Yep. Now we've got kids. I have a lot of responsibility now. My risk horizon has gone from really wide to really sure. narrow. And, um, you know, being honest for us has be- become the most stress relieving factor we run into issues sometimes, you know, we are, we're, you know, disconnected or we, yep. you know, kind of lose sight of things and don't communicate. And it's like, Oh, you bought a brand new wardrobe, huh? Good job. Um, wh- what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, but we, we just lay it out there, have a conversation and it's so much, it's so much more comforting and easy to live a life that yep. way. Um, than trying to hide it. I think, like you said, it goes back to the beginning of this conversation, like find somebody to talk to. And, and it's probably even better if you don't know them. I yeah. mean, if you can go in there and it's almost like, you, I think you said in the last episode, uh, we're that comfy couch, yeah. right? There's a psychology to it, I suppose, right? You're going to sit down and just lay it all out there to some stranger about your money. I think that's a smart idea. Yeah. I mean, that's an cr- incredibly smart idea. I think, I think people need to know that whatever decisions they've made don't have to define them forever, right? Like, it's okay. Yeah. It, whether your mistakes have been little, whether they've been, you know, you made recurring small mistakes that have added up to something that feels big. You know, somebody who walks in who says, I just, you know, I had this credit card, then this credit card, and then they wake up and it's a multiple of what they ever envisioned, right? Like, do they regret that decision? I'm sure. But like finding, finding comfort and just, it's, it's okay. Like there is a way through this and out of this. So yeah, I, I, I kind of thought through this, maybe we can get into a little bit. I, I kind of thought through, so like when somebody is sitting here listening to this, and they're thinking, okay, so like I, there's some stress in our life financially, whether it's a little bit or a lot, like it's stress you would like to alleviate if you could. Like what are the actionable things that somebody can kind of tell themselves or work through when they bump into that? I try to whittle it down into like five little steps, I would say, that I, I think work kind of for everybody. And the first one is like, you know, whether there's that external event that you had no control over or you feel like you've made a fi- financial mistake of some some kind, um, React to it, but don't overreact. Like don't don't let what's going on around you shift everything in your life. Like if, if you need to make a change, make a change, but don't let it be jarring. Like make it be manageable. Kind of keep it in perspective. Understand that that usually this too shall pass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so react, but don't overreact. Um, and when you do, adjust, but realize they don't have to be big changes. So start small if need be. It can just just find some momentum. I'll give a little credit to, to Dave Ramsey here. So, like, there's a reason why the total money makeover is is sold a billion times over. It's because the process is kind of centered around the idea that you smart, start small and there's a snowball, right? So make that little change, you know, baby step one, baby step two. Yeah. And so don't don't let it become bigger than it needs to be or you'll get paralyzed and you, you likely won't do anything. 
Um, I also think there's some value in having some type of plan in place before you need it. And so if, you know, this kind of speaks to your, your point earlier about having that conversation with somebody, you can't account for every contingency, but starting that thoughtful conversation at home or even getting some help, it, whatever it is, it's dealing with the, the idea I've got to put three kids through college. Like I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how I'll handle it. Like I, I appreciate the heck and how my dad handled it. Right. He was very supportive. He let me make some of my own mistakes, you know, um, I had a little skin in the game, although I'll give him credit. Like he, he carried that process largely for me, but I think about that for, for my boys. Like I don't want to try to figure that out when my oldest turns 18, Yeah, you know? So it's a thoughtful part of the conversation at home. I mean, my poor wife, I mean, 529s were open for us when the boys had a social security number. Cause I've seen the worst of it. Right. But yeah. point is like it, let it be a part of the conversation early. Um, kind of play the long game is one of the things that I, I think could be important. I mentioned this earlier, right? Making decisions today for the benefit of your family or you five years from now. Mm-hmm. So try not to get caught up. Like here's an easy example. My wife's really good at this. Like if, if she wants something, she's really good about, it's like, it's like the example would be like you put it in your cart and you sit on it. Do you still want it tomorrow? Right? So you get past the point of trying to scratch that immediate itch and deciding if it's something you want. If it's something you want, then figure out a way to go get it. But, yeah. um, don't, don't make like micro decisions. And, and the last piece to me is just the idea. It's okay to ask for help. Like can't figure it out. I'm stuck. I don't know. I can't find the path forward. The heck do I do? Well, talk to somebody, whether it's an advisor or it's a friend or someone in your family, just trust me in knowing that, that somebody else has gone through this or is going through this. You're not alone. So talk to somebody about it and start to work through it. And that's not just a, that's a big step, but it's so, it's such an yeah. easy one. It's such a simple one. Just reach out. You know, this world's full of good people. Right. And somebody's going to somebody's going to help guide you in the right direction. But they're not if they don't know you're struggling. Right. They're not going to help you if you don't ask. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, that's great, man. I think those are those are awesome. Um, I mean. So but. How do you I mean, how do you get somebody on that road? Right. I mean, I, I don't. They. How do they even where do they know how to look? Like you, you mentioned the cart and my mind immediately went to the Amazon cart, for mm-hmm. example, because it's so easy to hit the button now Oh yeah. versus leaving it in there. <clears throat> There's so much information out there in the world that that in and of itself is, is pretty stressful. How, do, how does somebody, you know, in an educated way or educate themselves about where to go get that help? You know, when they realize I need to talk to somebody, if it's, you know, to go into a community America branch and just have mm-hmm. a conversation with the, one of our wonderful people that work there, or if it's to reach out to, you know, our wealth management team or a, a competitor for that, anybody, yeah. you know, how, where do you even start? I mean, how do people, how do people navigate this world of, of massive amounts of information coming at them and feel confident in making the decision versus, you know, it's easy to just tuck your head between yeah. your legs and not do anything. Yeah. It's, it's easy to get paralyzed. So you, to me, you hit on the most important thing <clears throat> and it's, it's the harder of the two paths, you know, path one being, I'm going to figure this out myself. I'm going to learn, I'm going to study, I'm going to read, I'm going to listen, or talking to somebody. There is so much well-intentioned advice out there that just can't be applied to the masses. Like your situation is unique in some small way at least. You could have the exact same financial picture as your neighbors, but your, you know, how you feel about money and your goals could be different. So I just, I think that personal conversation is really important. Like you said, whether it's, it's walking in and, and talking to somebody who's sitting at the desk in the branch or calling an advisor, whether it be with us or someplace else. I just, you know, you got to find somebody that you trust and you got to feel like the, you know, the, the advice.
bias is genuine and there's not bias there. But I think if you find somebody you're comfortable with and can have a conversation that's centered around you, maybe most importantly, find somebody who can apply the perspective of having that, having that conversation with other people. And, and I think that will allow you to take action quicker than if, you know, it's, it's like, if you say, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's so much information out there. I'm going to read all those personal finance books I can read and self-help books. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And like that stuff is useful. I'm not saying it's not, but I, I think it's hard to find the answer in that because there's usually something to be sold on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Or they're just trying to apply advice to everyone. It doesn't necessarily, doesn't just to me, doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't. We're all different. Yep. We may have similar problems, but we're all different, right? And and how we act or react um, can also be different. There are multiple paths to ultimate success, right? Oh. You, you've expressed a couple times, I think, in, in talking about this, that it's you've referenced the fact that it can be difficult to talk about this stuff. You know, so for, for you and Brooke and your family, like what was the trigger that got you guys to start being more open about this where you felt like, you know what, we have to start at home and have a conversation first. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned the one, just me, and Kim, we weren't even married yet, you know, and, and uh, made a, a choice to, I made it, I was not going to live in Kansas City. Um, so I wasn't looking for jobs here. Yeah. I met Brooke our last semester, going into our last semester at KU together. And decided, you know, she was more important to me than any job I could ever have. And she was like, I'm not moving anywhere. So, you, yeah. you know, you need to come here. And so I brought my baggage with me. And uh, and, and that's when we really had that moment was, was pretty big. Um, but then even over time, <clears throat> you know, Brooks worked at the same place by and large for the last like 20 plus years. She's um, had a great career. And I've, I've jumped a couple times uh-huh. in, in the world of marketing trying to build my career up. I probably, you know, I could give advice to any any young person, get good grades, man, like pay attention in college. Not that I didn't, but I had some fun in the first two years and I had to make that back up on the back end. And if you're, if you're well poised, go out there and really focus, get your internship. Uh, this is, this show is not about that, but like, man, pay attention, you know, work hard, not work smart, uh-huh. not necessarily hard, but I had to work hard and, and I, I dug a, a hole of some debt and things like that. So we had that initial conversation, but I formed some bad habits too. And so over the course of our first probably 10 years together, um, pre-kids, actually we weren't, it wasn't 10 years, but you know, um, pre-kids, we had a different life. And then I remember having our first looking at our budget and going, I mean, what, how in the hell are we going to mm-hmm. afford this baby? We've got daycare. We started just looking at these expenses that were all of a sudden all new and incremental. Um, I mean, it was, and, and, and then we start looking at our, you know, our, our balance sheet, so to speak, right? Yeah. Where's the money going? I mean, what, what are we spending our money on? And it was like, we went out to dinner a lot. You know, we went out to Martini Corner a lot. We went out to, we'd throw parties for whatever. We'd just have friends over. Yep. We, we entered barbecue competitions together. Like, and we would never even come close to winning. We just did, we had a lot of fun, yep. you know, and that fun, you know, it was really a matter of, I think that next, that first one was me coming out of college and becoming a new adult. And the next one was, was really, okay, becoming the next level of an adult, which was, you know, having a child that I'm responsible for in the first of three, um, we, we had to sit down and, and determine how we make different life choices, right. right. And, and make better decisions. But then the interesting thing is too, if you're working hard in your life, right. And, and you know, what's important <clears throat> The professional decisions that I've made and that Brooke has made, um, you know, we, we've we continue to have some success, and I think we've earned that. I mean, yeah. because we work incredibly hard, but our financial picture has changed over time and evolved. But we didn't get a financial advisor in our life until mm-hmm. I'd say we were less than 35, but over 30. Um, God, I wish I would have done that a lot earlier. You know, I, I think people are, are – 
I, I think it's intimidating. It was for me. Um, but we finally had that conversation and we don't do a ton, but we do some. Yeah. And over time that's compiling. And I know my dad didn't start doing it until we were, um, I think 18, my brother, you know, I think when my brother was 18, it, it was when he, he was like, Oh crap, you know, I gotta, I want to retire. You guys are going to be out of the house mm-hmm. now. And he wasn't even prepared for that. And he started doing his own reading and started meeting with people on that. And I think when you, you know, so the, I don't know, that's a long winded answer, a little bit of rambling, but you know, I think it, it's, I'm, we're probably going to have another one. Yeah. We're going to have another conversation. Yep. There's going to be these multiple catalysts in our lives that because, you know, it's not stagnant. We're not just sitting still here in a static world. It's, yep. it's constantly moving around us with unex- the unexpected coming at us. Um, that's caused more stress in our life, like this year, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, this has been a change as well. Yeah. But we've been fortunate to save money because we can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't what you planned, but it happened. I, you, I think you, you kind of put a bow on it for me that I think there's, people need to be okay with the fact that there's a certain like financial maturation that's going to happen throughout their life. Like you don't have it all figured out early. Um, I, I can tell you, so being someone who ha- should have their stuff together from the get go based on what I do, our family's no different. Like Martha and I didn't talk about money a lot. It, it, different backgrounds, different comfort with money. Honestly, she would, she would kind of tell you like, I think in early years, she could have been off 90% on what we made as a household from year to year. Like it just wasn't a focus for her, which I think is coming from a really good place. Like that just wasn't a big concern for her. What she would tell you is like, you know, hopefully Heath has this figured out. If he doesn't, a lot of people are in trouble, right? She just kind of outsourced it in our relationship completely. I think over time it took us just kind of learning each other's like goals and interests and, and fears, maybe most importantly, until we kind of found our own cadence of just how we talk about this and how we handle things. And, how we handle responsibility in the household financially. I think what I would, I would tell people who are listening, who are dealing with some of that stress that, you know, just understand you're, you're not the first person to have the thought that you're having. You're, you're not dealing in most cases with the stress that's unique to your peers. And so just, you know, get comfortable with the idea of being comfortable enough to have that conversation, reach out to somebody, whether it's somebody here at community America or someplace else, I would just encourage you to have the conversation, start the process. Don't feel like it has to be fixed right away. Just start. Yeah. Yep. What do they say? It takes like seven times doing something seven times before it becomes a, a habit. Yeah, I think, I think I've heard that. For me, it's probably much longer. Yeah, it's yeah. probably twenty nine for me. Yeah. But you know, whatever. It's you know, to each his own, mm-hmm. right? But but I think yeah, it's, it it all starts with having that conversation, which is maybe a good way to wrap this thing up. Yeah, right? I think so too, man. Right. Right. I've enjoyed I mean, it. Yeah. So this Heath, always a pleasure. This Matt, this has been the community conversation from Community America. You guys can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of places, communityamerica.com, 32 branches in the area. Uh, There's always somebody around that can help answer your questions or at least help guide you in some way. Uh, That's what we're here for. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be viewed as personalized financial advice. You should speak with your own financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Matt Johnson is an employee of Community America Credit Union and Heath Birch is an employee of Community America Financial Solutions, LLC. Securities and advisory services offered through Community America Financial Solutions, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Community America Financial Solutions, LLC is a wholly owned subsidiary of Community America Credit Union. Products offered through Community America Financial Solutions, LLC are not NCUA, NCUSIF, or otherwise federally insured. 
are not guarantees or obligations of the credit union and may involve investment risk, including possible loss of principal. The opinions are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Community America Credit Union, Community America Financial Solutions LLC, or any of their affiliates. Wealth Management by Community America is a marketing name used by Community America Financial Solutions LLC.